the Advent season is to Christmas what the Lenten season is to Easter. In other words, they're times of spiritual preparation. There is no biblical support for Advent. And um, there's no biblical support for Christmas either, or birthdays, or a lot of things. But Advent was incorporated in the church during the fourth century, and originally it was a 40-day period, not, not four Sundays, but 40 days. And it was uh, the time when Christian converts uh, prepared for baptism. And then during the Middle Ages, uh, the church changed uh, the timing uh, from, the, from an emphasis on baptism and preparation that way to uh, the second coming of Jesus. And then eventually it was shortened to four Sundays and the focus became a preparation for uh, Christmas. And as I said earlier, um, there isn't a biblical basis for Advent. So after the Protestant Reformation, all practices, and you probably know this, all practices that were not biblically based were... Um, eliminated. And so, um, because it would differentiate between the Protestants and the Catholics. So, um, I know when that has changed in recent years, and many Protestants do celebrate Advent, but when I was a child in a traditional uh, Protestant church, uh, we did not celebrate Advent. I wish we had, because it always looked like fun, but um, I do believe in more recent years, uh, many Protestant churches do uh, see some value in, in Advent. And what about unity? Unity is metaphysical Christianity. And we've spoken about this before. If you've been here, you remember this. And so our approach is to find spiritual um, principles wherever we can find them. And we know they're, they're everywhere. And so um, we look for what will remind us of spiritual principles, whether it's something that we would normally practice or not. We find a way to allow that to uh, help us be more fully present so that we can experience the Christ. So last Sunday, we talked about faith. And um, so... Faith, we were reminded, is a spiritual power that we all have, and it is active within us, and um, it brings, it has the ability to shape and form the uh, plastic energy, shall we say, that we live in, and bring thought into manifestation. We all have faith. We're all expressing faith. Um, the challenge is to make sure that uh, what we are attaching our faith to is that which is truth-based and not uh, based on faults, things, or the facts or appearances of this world. The second Sunday, uh, today, we are focusing on peace. So I'd like you to just consider, how do you define peace? Um, you know, some people say 
Well, peace is when there's no war. Peace is when there's no conflict in the world. <clears throat> and the problem with that definition is there's conflict and violence somewhere. And so if we, if we think not having the conflict or violence means there is no peace, we shortchange ourselves. We don't understand peace as a principle. So if this is our concept of peace, then we will never have peace. We will never access peace in our own minds, in our hearts, in our own lives. So Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But have courage, I have overcome the world. Now, what is he talking about? I submit that he's talking about the world of changing facts and appearances and reports and things going on. I believe he was assuring us that it is possible for us to access peace, to, to find that peace that is a part of our divine nature and use it, feel it, know it, regardless of what might be going on around us. Unity's definition of peace is harmony and tranquility derived from an awareness of the Christ consciousness. So peace comes from our awareness of the Christ consciousness that is a part of our spiritual reality. In other words, peace as a principle is always present. We could say that love as a principle is always present, isn't it? And so it's like all other principles. Peace is available for us to tap into it and use it like any other principle. But if we're ignorant of it, or we deliberately choose another direction, then we will not have the benefits of it. Where was God? When? And you can finish that, that sentence, that question. How often do we have people asking a question like this? We hear it many times. Where was God? Where was peace? Where was God when war was going on? Where was God when people were being killed and they, and they were suffering violence? Where was God when there were wildfires going like crazy? Where was God when there were hurricanes and earthquakes? Where was God when we were abused, or someone we care about was abused. 
Where was God when someone decided that the relationship we were in was something they no longer wanted to be a part of? Where was God when someone dear to us made the transition? The answer is, God is. The answer is, God is omnipresence itself. And there could never be an absence of God. There could never be an experience in which the presence of the presence is not there to tap into, to, to express. There is never an absence of God. There is only a, an, a presence. You know, we have connectivity with that presence and within that presence. And so we are always in the presence. It's not, where is God? It's, where is our thinking? Where is our awareness? Where is our focus? And we studied the book, Practical Metaphysics, recently. And Eric Butterworth said, we are an eachness in the allness that is God. We are an eachness in the allness that is God. So there is no outside of God. We can forget this, and we suffer because of that. We feel alone. We feel cut off. We feel we have no support, no answers, no peace. So it seems that God is missing in action, but that is impossible. That is impossible. The Prince of Peace is principle, not personality. <coughs> I want to say that we're going to walk into some deep things today, because you cannot talk about peace without going into some deeper awareness. So I want you to think about this with me. The Prince of Peace is more principle than personality. I recently read an article by Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity. He wrote this in December of 1937. And the ideas within this are so timely that I felt I, I had to bring them to you today. One thing he wrote about was how for centuries people have prayed for Jesus to intervene in the affairs of the world. Now remember in 1937, war was, the drums of war were beating loudly. Not that different, is it? The more things change, the more they stay the same. And what he said is, for centuries, people have prayed for Jesus to intervene in the affairs of the world, and it hasn't stopped wars. He didn't say it like this, but I would say there's something wonky with that approach. Praying for Jesus to intervene in the affairs of our lives. But the way he put it was, it is because of ignorance of principle, the principle that Jesus taught, 
that Christians have worshipped and looked to his personality. People celebrate his birth with elaborate displays of loyalty, he said. And not only is the Christ mind that Jesus brought to light ignored, but the work of Jesus in demonstrating the Christ mind is banished with the claim that Jesus died on the cross and disappeared to heaven. For the most part, he said, people don't understand what Paul taught about the Christ being formed in man, nor do they understand the scientific law that Jesus demonstrated in his life and in his teachings. And in regard to the Prince of Peace, of which Isaiah wrote, Mr. Fillmore said, there is no evidence that Isaiah had any personality in mind with these words. Isaiah knew and spoke of this great universal principle, the spirit of Jehovah that is waiting to be quickened within us. And when it's quickened, we live life on a different level. We have a different standard. Jesus said, judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. In other words, our judgments begin to be based on intuition and our inner knowing and the Christ understanding. And that inner intuition tells us of our connectedness with God, not our separation from God. Our connectedness with each other, not our separation from each other. Because whatever we do to another, we really do to ourselves. That's what spiritual understanding brings to our consciousness. It's connectedness. So whatever we do to another, we do to ourselves. And the other part of that is when we raise our consciousness to Christ consciousness, we benefit not only ourselves, but we benefit others as well. Isaiah was speaking of principle when he referenced the Prince of Peace. So many people say, well, that was Jesus he was talking about. But as Mr. Fulmore is bringing to our consciousness, he wasn't really putting a name on that. He was talking about a principle, not a person, a principle. And when we understand it as principle, then we understand that we can live at, as if that Prince of Peace is our guiding light is showing us the way. Said another way from Eric Butterworth, he said, am I my brother's keeper? No, I am my brother. I am my brother, I am my sister. And it's only when we understand that this connectedness that we're gonna find peace within ourselves. The lion, will lie down with the lamb and the child will lead them. This time of the year, this quote is, is often used. And again, what we want to understand is that this is talking about principle. This scripture is talking about principle. And Isaiah, the book of Isaiah is filled with metaphors. Not to be taken literally. This is a very poetic thing that is spoken of. 
it's speaking not of of animals but it's speaking of principle and it's speaking of parts of our nature are you with me the lion is a part of our nature the lamb is a part of our nature the child that will lead is a part of our nature and so which one is going to get stronger it's the one we give attention to if we give more attention to the lion aspect of us which will roar and growl and huff and puff then that's what comes out but there's no peace in that the child that will lead is our original purity it's who we truly are it's a, our own holy Christ self and so what this means is that peace isn't found by looking to the world around us for confirmation of any of this we won't find it there what we will see and hear are wars and rumors of wars we will hear political strife we will hear this and we will hear that we can only find peace as we find it within as we find that connection with the Christ within us the peace that we find is not the result of Jesus intervening in the ways of this world it isn't a result of our finding somebody else to say oh you're right it's it's a result of our seeking and finding the Christ within a wonder child as Emmett Fox called it it's that that will lead us in paths of peace nothing else who's the peacemaker you know we're all called to be peacemakers immunity defines a peacemaker as one who has the ability to say peace to the turbulent waves of thought and have them obey a peacemaker is one who reduces to peace and harmony all thoughts of strife anger and retaliation in his own mind so what this is saying is we become a peacemaker within ourselves first we're never going to have an impact on the people around us or on leaders or on things happening in the world unless we first find peace within ourselves and so it's important for us to ask ourselves am I adding to the culture of peace or am I adding to something else you know it's very easy for us to say well if things would just be better for me I would feel more peaceful if someone would just stop doing what they're doing whether it's somebody in your home or you know wherever if they would just stop I would be at peace I would feel good it's not going to work it never works that way what we want to realize is that peace begins with us it begins with our everyday garden variety thoughts and feelings and responses 
that begins as we ask ourselves, am I adding here to the problem or am I adding to the solution? If we've been praying for peace, but we have been practicing feeling anything other than that, we're part of the problem. We can't point the finger at anyone else. We're a part of the problem. So get with the program. You know these things. I'm not really telling you anything new or telling myself anything new. We just need to get with the program. Do what we know to do. And the last thing I want to mention here is putting principle into practice. And we all have opportunities, and I suspect this week you have your share of opportunities as well as I do. And we'll have opportunities. Um, are we going to approach the situation, the person, the relationship, the thing uh, from a standpoint of peace or something else, you see? And of ourselves, I, I'm just speaking for me, of me, my personality self, I know that I cannot find the strength I need to choose peace in certain situations. I need to rely on that child to guide me. I need to rely on that Christ within to show me, to, to express through me peace in my words, in my thoughts, in those things that we're required to do. Ask. Ask 